Welcome on into another Monday night buffoon and Bakken's everybody. My name is Tanner Dawson of the Whiskey Sports Podcast in the Sports Buffoons. Joined with me is Mr. SJ Cobb One, Scott Cobb of Let's Talk Sports. Scott, what's up, dude? I didn't get my banner from Nick. I don't have my Bodkin show banner I could point to, so <laughs> I'm doing great, Tanner. How you doing? I'm good, man. You can get your own flag or anything like that going. No, I did not. I did not. <laughs> Mr. Nick Bakins is out on vacation, going to try to meet up with Johnny Cruz and possibly stay with him. So Whoa, I don't know, maybe Johnny he'll go fix his luck. internet too at the same time. We'll see what happens. There. <laughs> love you, Johnny. Great show earlier, by the way. Johnny and Ashton Booker uh, went yeah. at it. It was it was a great show there. Cool story. So, uh, guys, we have once again another great show featuring Jim Beringer and Mr. Jonathan Grishman. Excited to talk with these guys about the uh, current sports going on. And I do got one little surprise question for Jim that I'm hoping he'll answer towards the end of his uh, time there. So we'll uh, we'll see we'll see when we get there. But I'm excited to talk with these guys. There's a lot going on in each sport. So uh, Scott, you had a uh, request to do a a little announcement before we start. Yeah, shout out to Dan Harris. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of a lot of changes in Let's Talk Sports. Everybody now is a general manager of let's talk sports in one area or another. Um, so shout out to Dan Harris. I mean, it took a lot of thought in terms of the general manager roles that everybody has anywhere from Kansas sports to Florida sports to NBA to MLB to, to anything like that. So, and also he's, he told me the other day, he's gifted me a Tom Brady signed Jersey. Insane. So, that's insane. And everybody, I guess, you know, yourself, uh, Johnny, is getting something from Dan like that. So shout out to Dan. He, he's a ama- He's an amazing man. And he's, uh, he's doing let's talk sports the right way. So it's, it's insane how far yeah. his story has come, how hard he's fought in yeah. all this stuff and still out here recruiting, talking yeah. with people, yeah. just letting the people in, like just letting people in to, Hey, try it out. Give it a shot. What's it going to hurt. Right. And it's, you know, it's just amazing what he's doing. So, yeah, and I can assure you on my end, I, I mean, as everybody will say, Let's Talk Sports will be very well taken care of for years into the future. So That's yeah, very true. That's very true. There's lots of future plans. There's some big announcements coming up, possibly the end of the month here, uh, that uh, myself is working on that I think everybody would love as well. So we got lots of stuff coming. Don't worry. This Monday night show won't be touched. We still got Jim and Jonathan on Monday nights. Don't you guys worry, because this ain't going anywhere in this in this business. So, all right, let's bring them in. Let's talk about it. There's a lot going on in the Stanley Cup playoffs that is happening right now. Very uh, a lot, a lot of shocking news happening too outside of the Stanley Cup playoffs. I want to start talking right away here, Jim. I don't want to talk about the the playoffs just yet. Let's talk about the the conclusion of the first round of the Devils Rangers. The Rangers decide to part way with Coach Gerald Gallant after first round playoff exit here coming into play. What in the world is this? You made the playoffs. You traded out for, these are the same guys that traded out for the uh, Blackhawks guy, right? Like mm-hmm. they made moves during the trade deadline. Yeah, they did. They did. I mean, look, not shocking. I mean, maybe surprising, but from all the reports and the indications I'm getting, they were looking at making this move in November, December after their slow start. So, I mean, again, is it all on the coach? No. 
Is it on the top players to get the job done? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But in New York, like any team in New York, there's expectations, especially with this Rangers team that went to an Easter Conference final last year, lost the six games. They had the belief that they could get back there again. They have the goalie to do it. They have the players to do it. The problem is, to me, is I feel like Alonso's not finished. Like, you have two years and you decide this isn't your guy, and you're talking about, like, a year after you take him to the Eastern Conference Final just because you didn't like his start, you want to make him. But this tells me that, like, all right, first of all, why did you hire him? Mm-hmm. And two, who do you think is going to be better to get this team over the top that has flaws, and you tried to make a splash? Look. This team last year at the trade deadline made smart, calculated decisions to add role players to fill needs. This year they went for splashy players, guys that are past their prime, one guy who's hurt, who's been hurt, and admitted he was hurt after the Rangers got eliminated. Again, he denied it all season. Oh, I don't don't have an injury, none of this. Well, clearly Patrick Kane wasn't the same player. Now, the coach has to put the lineup out there, has to have a system in place. They catered to Patrick Kane since game one. I was there against Ottawa. I saw it. They put him on the first power play unit. They moved a lot of guys around. The chemistry was affected. This Rangers team was good. The Tarasenko move I had no problem with because I thought he was fine. But they catered to Kane when you had Trocek on the first unit. You had a guy go and get pucks, keep things alive. I think you need a bit, little bit more time for the kids to develop. Again, that was their best line. They split them up way too much. But again, now these guys have to come into their own. Where are they going to go? The Rangers are up against the cap. Again, the in-game adjustments. He got out coached. But again, your star players didn't show up for two games. You got shut out in two games. Yeah. There has to be onus on the players as well. So this is a coach too that was 99, 46, and 19 in two years. Yeah. This feels like a this, this feels like something of like the NBA caliber of head coaching, right? Where it doesn't matter. You can win the championship, but then next year you're probably gonna be gone if you have a losing season. This is exactly yeah. how the feeling is. It's like, hey, you had a great year, but you you didn't get the job done. So we're we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and uh can you here. Talk talk about the Panthers Leaf series, Jim. And, and what you've oh, seen yeah. in terms of them being up 3 nothing over Toronto. It's the same script I've been seeing the last four years in the first round by the Toronto Maple Leafs. The script was flipped. I thought it was flipped uh, in round one. Their guys were competing. Those guys were working hard. They were winning puck battles, getting yeah. to the dirty area, scoring. Now it's the last year's Leafs team in the playoffs. Nobody wants to make a play. Nobody wants to get hit. Marners, Matthews. Nylander, Tavares, no goals. Again, it's like with the Rangers. Like, Kreider led the way, but Zibanejad had one good game. Panarin, no show. Kane, no show. Tarasen, couple goals. And just to close out on the Rangers real quick, like, they, they're up against the cap. They're going to have to have some decisions to make in regards to the young players. Like, where do they go? Who do they resign? And, yeah, it kind of makes me wonder who they want to bring in. No Joe Quinville, Daryl Sutter. I think the old way of thinking in the NHL, you're starting to see turnover to former players. As we saw in Florida where Andrew Burnett took over. But Paul Maurice is doing a good job. The Panthers are hungry. They learned lessons from last year. And how ironic would it be if they sweep the Leafs out of the playoffs after the Leafs get out of the first round, first time in 19 years. But Florida got swept last year against Tampa. But yeah. Florida is making life miserable for this Leafs team. 
They're going in, retrieving pucks. No lead is safe. But they're but the Leafs are making mistakes. They made mistakes against Tampa, but it didn't cost them. These mistakes are going in the back of their net. Like and Sergey Bobrovsky's on fire right now. And look, no fault of their own, but like these guys have to figure out a way to score and come up with the goods. Like that's what they're getting paid for. Leon Dreisaitl Edmonton's figuring it out. Connor McDavid's doing it. Top players show up in the playoffs. The Leafs, again, for some reason, they're top stars. This is going to be the storyline when they get eliminated yep. is the top players didn't show up again. It's I made the analogy. It's like and, – and, and this is for Nick because he's not here and he would have loved this analogy. Night one of WrestleMania was so good. Night two was crap. Yep. And it's this, yeah. and it's back to the same old Leaf team. That yeah. it's great you have Ryan O'Reilly. It's great you have Luke Shen. It's great you have Nolachar. It's great you brought all these guys in to be physical. It's great you have that luxury of depth scoring, but your star players have to score if you want to win series. Period. Look at Tampa. Look at Colorado. Look at the teams that won the cups. Their star players still scored. Where's Toronto's star players on milk carton somewhere? <laughs> On the golf course, right? Yeah. Exactly. Golf course, right? Yeah. By now, it's so it does. But does this season, like even if Toronto gets swept, does it still classify as a winning season for no, Toronto? Absolutely not. Yeah. They no, they have Stanley Cup aspirations. Everything fell their way. They got out of the first round. Boston lost. They knocked That's off true. Eastern Conference champs. Like the pathway was there for them to go back to a Stanley mm-hmm. Cup final mm-hmm. and potentially win one. And to go, and if they get losing four games, now the series isn't over yet. We've seen teams come back, but they're gonna have to score and gonna have to win a greasy game to get to to keep this series alive and head it back to Tampa. I right, head it back to Toronto. Look, yeah. game two, two goals, forty six seconds, change this series. Toronto stupid plays at the blue line. Get just get the puck in the neutral zone and get it deep. Same yesterday, Matthews trying to flip it in. Try to do something stupid. Get mm-hmm. the puck deep. Like, go win a puck battle. And I think that the fact that Matthew Nyes isn't in this lineup hurts this Toronto team because he was doing that stuff. You know, that's what he was there. He's had a couple goals. He was playing well. But he was digging and he was grinding and he gave this Leafs team something. But their, their players are just not showing up right now. Meanwhile, Florida's players are. And you could see it in the overtime. Nobody wanted to touch Sam Reinhart. Okay, he gets the puck and scores. Series, game over. That's so right, yeah. New Jersey, Carolina, was it just simply a change of venue or what was it that, that led to New Jersey scoring eight goals against Carolina in game three? I, I think a combination of both. I think Nico Heischer kicked his team in the ass when he said after the game, we need offense and it starts with me. Like their top, like how Toronto's top guys didn't show up. Devil's top guys didn't show up in the first two games. Yeah. I think it was the emotion of – I could get scratch game one, emotion coming off game seven. I thought that was going to help them, but then I should realize it's the Devils. When they always play the Rangers, their first game after playing the Rangers, they always lay an egg because it's the Rangers and it takes so much out of them. Game two, I was surprised at the result because they had such a first good 10 minutes and they didn't have puck luck. Like Dougie Hamilton's shot goes off the post on the power play. Freddie made a couple of unbelievable saves. But then they came out firing. The top guys started to show up. Jack Hughes. Had, and I said this from the beginning. Luke Hughes needed to be in this Devils lineup. After game two of the Rangers series, I thought he should be in the lineup. Uh, after game one against Carolina, he needed to be in game two. 
this Devils transition was so much better with him in the lineup. He's a great puck mover. He's quick, speedy player. And the, the Devils offense, it showed. He had two assists. He looked good. Yeah, the mistake on a power play. Okay, but Dougie Hamilton has to come off the wall and help him out a little bit. But but it's a 50-50 mistake on that. You still can't make that play in the, on a power play. But still, he looked good. But the top guys showed up. Timo Meyer scored. Nico Heischer scored. Jack Hughes, four points. Ma- Mercer. Like, their guys showed up. They got timely saves. I'm not going to advise any team to give up three shorthanded goals. Yes, they won. And history. And how weird is this? Teams that give up three shorthanded goals in the playoffs win. Teams, players that score four goals, their team loses. So, I don't know. Like, the Hurricanes and Devils combined for four shorthanded goals yesterday. It's crazy. Uh, weird, weird Stanley Cup playoffs this year. Weird things in the NHL happened this year. But it, but the Devils got things going. Uh, maybe the crowd, they fed off the crowd a little bit. Home home series. I expect Carolina to be better. I expect New Jersey to, to fix some mistakes. But, again, still a home series. Uh, road team still has to win it, win a game right now. So it's still a series. I think New Jersey, to be honest, I think New Jersey can get this tie back going to Carolina 2-2. Nice. Uh, we got Tufel out here. Fellers, what's up, Tufel? Yo, Come what's up? Man. What up? One of my favorite right there. So, like, so you're thinking we get a tie then. So you're thinking, like, whatever reason New Jersey likes to do this, apparently now. They did the first first round. They had to come back to finally win the series. Are they going to have to do – are they doing the same thing, what? essentially? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I guess they're going to do it again. I prefer to not do it the hard way, but, right? <laughs> you know, hey, look, Carolina was a faster team at home, and they struggle in Carolina. I mean, this is the fifth series in – this fifth series these teams have played in the playoffs. Dating back to 2001, the Devils have three wins in Carolina, two of which oh, came wow. in 2001 when they went back went to back-to-back Stanley Cup final. That was the year they lost to Colorado, and the other win came in 2009. So, I mean, it's a tough building to play in for New Jersey, but they have to figure out a way to win there if they're going to want to win the series. So uh, you got to play a simple road game. I think Luke Hughes' help being in that lineup will help now. Uh, but they have to, you know, have to give up not giving up shorthanded goals, score a couple power plays. They got one, but I always say it's negated because you gave up three shorthanded goals. So, uh, you know, again, this could uh, hopefully doesn't wreck a goalie's confidence. We saw that last year with Edmonton and Calgary with that high-scoring affair. Uh, Markstrom has not been the same goalie since he got lit up by Edmonton, even though Calgary won. So, um, again, we'll see what the Devils do. But, you know, it, it's a uh, it's a fun series so far. Awesome. Uh, we'll move on to the next series here. Uh, Two Flyers says, I'm pissed my ass just laid out against the Kraken. How about those Kraken? Yeah. Taking, taking just it to the abs right now uh, in this series here. I guess with thoughts, Jim, here on this. Like, do, Does the Kraken stand a chance to, to move on now? I mean, why not? They're up 2-1 on Dallas. I mean, they knocked off the defending Stanley Cup champions. They play a team game. Sorry, uh, they roll yeah, for... They roll. They roll four lines. Teams. They roll four lines. Their defense is steady. Their offense is different. They're getting saves from Grubauer. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had seven different goal scorers in Game Three. Five different goal scorers in Game One. Fifteen different goal scorers in the first. This has been their mo since the beginning of the season. Like they have five guys with fifteen goals. Like twelve or ten guys with like ten goals. Like they're 
Jaden Schwartz is healthy. Matty Veneers gives him a different look. Yes, McCann's out right now. Borkowski's still out. But this team is playing a team game, playing team defense, and they just do not go away. Like the Florida Panthers, they do not go away, and they just roll four lines continuously. Bang ya, and just come, and just roll, roll, roll. And But I expect Dallas to have a bounce back. Um, Ottinger's shown he can shake these kind of games off. But I'm surprised Dallas is not being more assertive than they were. I thought they'd be, a, thought they'd come out better considering what they did to Minnesota. Um, but hey, give credit to Seattle and the way they've been playing defense. And you know how funny would it be if two expansion teams are in the Western Conference Final? That'd be pretty insane there. And like Seattle, a great road team all year long. Exactly what they did the Abs in the first round it was beat them on the road. And this is a team that has also Scott. You might you. You might quote me here, but I believe they've been over this. This has been over goal series every game. So, yeah, it has been. Yep. Yeah, so has far been. it has Insane. been. And I think New Jersey's been over the goal total as well. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. 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 I mean, the the goals were like five and a half. New Jersey and the Rangers played five to one games, I think, the first two. So yeah. um, it's, it's insane. Do, do you see a parallel between what Seattle's doing now and what Vegas did? when they first got in the playoffs. It's definitely similar because no one gave them a chance. And I think we have to realize we can't underestimate these franchises anymore, these expansion teams, because the rules are different. Vegas, what Vegas did in the first year should never happen. Like a team should not go to Stanley Cup final. But right. the, but the Golden Misfits that they were labeled, they were the us against world mentality, played a team game, but they steamrolled everybody. Yeah, like Seattle's not steamrolling anybody. Yeah, they're winning big games, but – Vegas was winning series in five games, sweeping. Like, they were dominating. And then they met up with Washington. And, you know, hey, we know was it, was, it was the summer of Ovi. So, um, and that was a great summer because, man, those clips were great. But, look, good for these, these expansion teams. But then the, then the success happens. And then that's why, like, when Vegas didn't make the playoffs or lost in the first round, it's like, we're not supposed to lose here. Well, yeah, but – you're not supposed to be in a Stanley Cup final in your first round, yeah. first year of existence either. Like all these teams before you had to go through growing pains. You're not going through the growing pains. You're going through some growing pains along the way. So there's going to be some growing. Last year was a growing pain for Seattle. Mm-hmm. Now, the West is very tough to get through. Can they do it again? You know, Vegas has shown you can sustain it. Yeah. Again, it's going to be tough because that division is tough. And who knows if Seattle even gets back to the playoffs next year. Right. Right. Agreed. Yeah. So, so another, the final matchup here of the Stanley cup playoffs that I have actually, have not been paying any attention to in this one is the Vegas Edmonton uh, matchup here tied one, one currently playing tonight. It is two, one Vegas at 16 in the second here. So they're just starting the second here. Uh, Mm -hmm. So what, I guess, what is this matchup? What's the key? Is this going all the way? Like, what are we seeing here? I mean, this probably has seven games written over all over it. But Vegas got to stay out of the penalty box. I mean, the Edmonton Oilers power play is the best in the National Hockey League. Regular season and now postseason. I believe they're 16 for 24 in a power play. Like, lock it in when they have a power play. It's a goal. Like, and Dreisaitl, 13 goals in the playoffs. Leads the points. Leads goals. McDavid is ridiculous, but you know, Vegas has given them, you know, everything and more. The problem is, is it's like with Toronto. We talk about star players. 
Well, what we've been saying about Edmonton for years, goaltending and defense. Edmonton scores the first goal in game three, like they did in game one, they gave it right back. Like that, you can't do that. Like the defense is not good. And you have a $9 million player in Darnell Nurse who is constantly on the ice in bad positions and goals are scored against. Again, tonight, as we record, Marshall's second goal late in the first period, out of position, guy in the slot. And they score. I mean, he did it in L.A. I mean, they were p- paying for his potential, but his potential is not even $9 million. He, unfortunately, he's n- not that good. Um, in my opinion, he's just he makes too many mistakes to be, get paid that much, and he's always out of position. And that's what's going to cost the Oilers a chance to play for Stanley Cup is their goaltending and their defense. Their power play and their offense is great. We know that. But you have to stop the puck. And Vegas is, you know, right there with them. Jack Eichel's having a great series. Mark Stone, Marsha, so all those guys. It's a fun series to watch. Yeah, Scott. So go back to Florida for a minute. Do do you believe in the East Carolina New Jersey winner is probably going to get to the Stanley Cup Finals, or do you think Florida can throw monkey wrench into that? Why not Florida? I mean, look, Bobrovsky's locked in. I mean, he's playing like he's the $10 million man. I mean, Florida's got the will and the skill. Now, if they sweep, maybe time off hurts them because they have so much momentum right now. And we've seen that in the past. Um, But, you know, New Jersey has a chance to get there. Why not? Why doesn't Carolina, to me, overall, I think, could match with Florida? Florida would be – Florida's going to do what Carolina is doing to New Jersey, especially. And I saw that in the regular season against New Jersey with Florida. They, they like to manhandle them a little bit, play a little bit more physical, shut down that speed game. But it'd still be a fun series um, right. Right. if New Jersey gets there. But Florida has a chance to get to the to the Stanley Cup final like they did in 1996. Do they win it? I'm not sure. Um, it depends on who they play. But again, if they sweep and the Devils go longer – is the time off going to hurt them? Mm-hmm. Right, and we've right. seen that it it usually does. Gotcha. So the so the the Nick Barkins like take would be Florida Seattle in the Stanley Cup Finals. <laughs> would the NHL love that or not? Oh, that that would be. I mean, not not to say like it wouldn't be a good Stanley Cup. And by the way, Seattle hasn't been in the Stanley Cup Finals since I believe like 1919 or 1920. Well, it was the old Metropolitans when the Metropolitans won the Stanley Cup in 1917. By the way, the only expansion team ever to unveil a Stanley Cup banner on their opening night of existence, they unveiled the Metropolitans Stanley Cup banner from 1917. Uh, That was kind of cool. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. So, um, I mean, look, Hey, an expansion friend. That means the first time Stanley Cup winner if it's Seattle and, and Florida. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it'd be kind of cool, to be honest, because the Stanley Cup final will be back in Seattle. Right. Right. I mean, I think it would be cool, but again, you know, we got to get there first. Listen, I'm a big fan of Seattle. I wouldn't mind seeing them make the Stanley Cup final. I, I'm I just, what, I, they're, what they're doing is amazing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it would be pretty cool. So, all right. All right. We got a couple comments here from Tufel. He says the Avs won their first year, though it was a moved team situation. Uh, screw the Oilers for the record. <laughs> also, remember Florida got their asses swept in the finals by the Avs. So Tufel is just a little bit of an Avalanche fan. 
Just so little, a little bit, but also don't forget the Quebec Nordiques moved to Colorado. It was, yeah. it, I mean, it wasn't expansion team. It was a relocation. So, and, and Carolina, and that, and by the way, that Nordiques team that like that moved to Colorado was pretty good, yeah. and probably should have won a Stanley Cup as a Nordiques team, but they just didn't have the goaltending. When they got Patrick Watt, everything kind of fell into place for Colorado. Um, and you know, so it, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And, and Carolina was formerly the Hartford Whalers. So yeah, exactly. And Carolina won in 2006. So, yep. Yep. um, it took some time. It took Tampa time to win a cup. Uh, they mm-hmm. came into existence around like, I believe like 92, 93, same with San Jose. So it took them some time. Well, San Jose still hasn't won one, but they went to a Stanley cup final. So, you know, it takes teams time, but again, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Seattle in. It'd be kind of cool, but again, got to get there first. Um, yeah. Long ways to go. Well, yeah, Florida did get their butts handed to them, but I, if I do recall the last two games in Florida, were a lot closer than the first two games in Colorado. Yeah, it was. Especially game four that went to triple overtime. Yui Krupp, game winner. <laughs> uh, Tufel says, thank you, Canadians, for pissing Roy off. <laughs> You know, Pat, never forget that night, Patrick Waugh and, and the Montreal Canadiens against Detroit when he got put 10 on him and he told told the general – now, if you look, remember the old Montreal Forum, if you've seen pictures, I do. the, the GGM and everything was right behind the bench and everything. He got yeah. – went right past the coach, Mario Tremblay, and looked right at the trade and, and said, you're trading me now. Yeah, I remember that. And he wow. looked right at Mario Tremblay the whole night with this look on his face that like he was not happy. Wow. <clears throat> Tufel also says, the fact you know, Krupp nailed that one. Good on you, my guy. Tufel, if you're not following him, at Jim Berenger on Twitter, dude. This is all he does outside of wrestling, too. And he'll give you some NFL takes, too. It's always good. There's tons of good stuff, man. At Jim Berenger at Twitter. All right, here's my off-the-wall question before we get you out of here, Jim. Yeah. There was a return in WWE this past was it past weekend, I believe. Mister Carlito, oh, yeah. he looked yeah. just as big as he did before. It seemed like his he doesn't seem like he changed his body type at all. Is this a is this a permanent thing or it's just like a, a guest appearance? Here you go, see you later. Uh, I think it was like a one off. I mean, one he's off. open. He's yeah. kind of open to whatever they offer him. But it, but don't forget, he wasn't the only cameo. At Backlash, Savio Vega was there too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Savio, yeah. like that was cool to see. Like Backlash was pretty good. Uh, I, I actually enjoyed watching it. Like it was, it reminded me of old, old NXT shows, and it was fun yeah. to see all those cameos. Don't, don't forget time. they were they were in a place that they normally don't go, and especially for a pay per view. So they wanted to bring back two or three guys that that were, are a part of that fabric where they were. So. Calvino yeah, and Mario Vega would, were fits for that. Exactly, and and the fact that they were in Puerto Rico and yep. everything, it was cool. Um, and usually they don't, um, you know, they normally don't treat the hometown guys the right way. It's finally good to see them treat getting treated the right way, and, and especially in Puerto Rico and yeah. Savio and and uh, Carlito. That that was cool. And how, and how crazy is this? AEW is going to Wembley Stadium in London 
65,000 seats already yep. sold. Yep. Insane. Insane. Yep. That's awesome. It is. It is. That's great time. Yeah. Great time to be a wrestling fan. I don't care what anybody says. And this is my MO for everybody. Enjoy what you, you want to watch. You want to just watch WWE? Fine. Just want to watch AEW? Fine. You want to watch Impact? Fine. Don't bash the others for doing good things because you don't like that company. What AEW is doing in Wembley is great for the business. What WWE did in Puerto Rico, good for the business. Absolutely. What everybody's doing is good for the business. Absolutely. It's just enjoy it. It is. Them going to Saudi Arabia every year is 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 great for the for the WWE as well. I mean, Night of Champions is there this year. I mean, too. look, regardless of what do you think, whether you think you know what what do you think about Saudi and blood, whatever, doesn't matter. They make a ton of money, and it, they're 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 going to get it every year. Absolutely. And you could see it depending on where they have it in the quarter. It, it raises the revenue. The revenue was down first quarter this year because there was no Saudi show. Guess what? It's going to be up in the second quarter because of the Saudi show. Yep. All right. Yep. Yes. God damn it, Tufel. <laughs> Does new midget rest cello wrestling count at the strip club? Come on. Come on. Come on. Leave it up to Tufel, guys. Leave it up to Tufel to bring this kind of stuff into the show. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Look, I, what, by the way, I want to know uh, any thoughts on Drew McIntyre right now? Does he, does he, Contract Look, I mean, stuff. apparently there's supposed to be like a big surprise tonight. I don't know if it's okay. going to be him. I don't know if it's going to be Orton. I don't know who's it going to be. But he is unhappy with his contract situation. He is yeah. unhappy with the way his character is. And I don't blame him because, you know, he hasn't really got a fair share ever since the audience came back. He never really got his true run with the WWE Championship. Mm-hmm. And and that's not really fair to him. He was pandemic champion and you know, he never got his moment with the fans, but if I'm him, I'm looking at Wembley with no matches announced, man, AEW looks good to me right now. If I'm him, you would think, right? Like you, you would have to think that they would take that kind of talent and bring it over. See, I thought drew because I, like I said, I saw him probably right before COVID kind of stuff. I really like, I was not into it, into it, but I still knew what was going on. I always felt like Drew was like that Braun Strowman type that would always come, you know, always be in the, you know, in and out of the competition for the heavyweight, year in, year out kind of thing. Like always a rotation with Lesnar, Strowman, uh, uh, what's his face, Super Brock. Brock, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Roman, yeah, Roman, yeah. And like I always thought, like he'd be the one of the main guys that's in that like some kind of like four or five man rotation they always like to do year in year out through the next couple of years, and you just never saw him. Granted, there was injuries at the time, but it just he just never got his few, you know, for sure chance in it. So it was very disappointing. And what they what the WWE to, did tonight, knocking Cody Rhodes out of the uh, tournament, is uh, is something too. Well, that's because so, they because they have plans next year for Cody Roman too at WrestleMania Cody 40. Roman, yep, yep, yep. Man. that's insane. But 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 here's the thing: this title me is meaningless. Yeah. It ruins yeah. Roman's reign right now, no pun intended, because um, of what he's doing. Yep. But it's artificial. It's an artificial streak because he's not on television all the time. Exactly. The draft is meaningless. The brand split's meaningless. So really doesn't matter. Um, it's just a participation trophy. Yeah. Just to have a champion on TV. When all you had to do was make 
Cody champion at WrestleMania, and everything would have been fine. Yep. No doubt. No, we don't do that. No, we don't. No, we want to have Roman pass Hogan and have rematches at WrestleMania 40. Like, this was going to be The Rock. and It's like, if you do what's best for business when your company is at the hottest mark, that would have been the smart thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. But for some reason, Triple H likes the long burn storyline. No, but it's not. But it's like, oh, but we're just going to follow what we're going to do anyway. Yeah, but why? You don't have to. What if the Austin ever never happened? Exactly. Like, you're going to keep the bell on Shawn Michaels? That would have been stupid. Austin had to win. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cody needed to win because you could have had matches. Yeah. Yes, you could have. There should have been more with it, but we don't. We don't do that way. No. no, not at all. Oh, man. All right, Jim, we'll get you out of here, man. Appreciate you coming on, talking in it, uh, Stanley Cup playoffs with us, WWE, AEW. Always enjoy your stuff, man. Go follow him at, at Jim Berenger on Twitter, guys. You'll catch everything that's breaking. He's got you. Absolutely. Check me out there. Guys, always a pleasure to be on the show, closing a busy Monday out with you guys. That's right, man. Appreciate Thanks, you, Jim. Dude. Have a great Take Monday. Care. Have a great week, dude. You too as well. Keep up the good work, fellas. Thanks, man. See you later. Bye-bye now. Bye. That's Jim Beringer at Jim Beringer, everybody. Go follow him. Always a great time. Scott, man, I want to ask you one question before we move on here. And we talked about a little bit on In the Hoop here. I want to get your thoughts here on this Nuggets Suns deal going on. Joker, last night, uh, the Suns owner got in, you know, up. Decided to stand up for whatever reason, hold the ball, stand up, and Joker just kind of shoved him lightly to the side. Nothing big. Uh, yeah. Buddy Mike thinks this is a full run our test situation going on to play here, and I, I don't understand that yet. But no, I don't. Okay, care. whatever, dude. But yeah. like, what's your thoughts here? Suspension? Are we thinking a fine? Are we thinking anything's going to happen with Joker? I I, di- I don't think anything's going to happen with him. Uh, I think he if I think if you looked at it, he was trying to get the ball. That's all and- he was trying to do. And yeah, that's all he was trying to do. You had, you the, had the, the guy to the left of the owner stand up, already up in his face. Yeah. The owner yeah. decided to stand up for whatever God's reason. And it's like, <laughs> you're, you're touching the guy. Like, what are you doing? Is he, is he the most unstoppable player in, in the NBA oh, right now? Are. Nobody that's else big. is unstoppable right now. No. At all. Like, no. the guy throws up these ridiculous numbers. Even Kevin Durant uh, in the press conference was like, He's stupid. Like, it's just stupid. It's just yeah. stupid trying to guard him, pace with him. Like, is it – so, is it maybe Joker's fault that Aiton is on the bench? Or is it Aiton's fault? Well, it's a little both, I think. I mean, you, it doesn't matter who you put on Joker. They're not going to stop no. him. He can hit threes. He can go inside. He can hit foul line jumpers. He's going to pass the ball. You know, we had, the ball. we had, what, the 20 – was it 24-17-17? Yep. Game, yeah, uh, go, when we talked about it Sunday, yep, how yeah. stupid is that? And, and people start giving Devin Booker some credit here. Oh, yeah, he, he, he is really, really, he's a top 10 player in the NBA, I think, right now. Uh, I, I, he's one of the oh, best shooters that the NBA easily. has right now. Yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you top six. I'll give you top six right now. I think he's that high up, and he's showing too that he's a bigger weapon. He's he's the weapon that KD should be right now, is yep. what the, is why they traded for him. Yeah. They, they traded for him for KD to be like this, and they're getting Devin Booker to be like exactly what he was the last few years, even more now. 
Yeah, and, and, and it's I, just a compliment. And I heard a stat on NBA radio this morning from, from the starting lineup. Nine playoff games for Devin Booker. Seven 30-plus playoff games. Seven out of That's nine. Insane. It's, it's insane. But you, it's, it's insane. you can't think good. it's sustainable, right? You can't think it's sustainable for two guys. Like Finally, the Suns bench scored 40-plus. Hallelujah. Yep. Their depth showed up. Landry Shaman, five threes. It can't be consistent. No, no. And he's going to have to continue it. I know that people don't think he's, he can keep it up at this level, but I think he, he can to a degree, but he's going to have to for them to, for them to advance, you know, they have to win game five. I, I don't want to go into Denver in game seven and think, think I can win that game. Yeah. So, so. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. Like this whole series just got a lot more uh, watchable uh, going after that, that last game last night. So you want uh, offense? This is the series for you if you want offense. Oh, it's so. that's all it is. That's yeah. all it is right now. Absolutely, it's, insane. it's it's so much fun though to watch too because oh, you don't it know is. like you're gonna watch Bricker go for like forty. You're gonna watch Joker go for like thirty and seven, like fifteen and fifteen. Yeah, it's stupid right now. Uh, right now, so you had the Heat tonight. They ended up winning versus the Knicks, one hundred nine to one hundred one. Uh, so that puts them at a three-one lead in the series and yeah. soon to be starting here shortly. Is or actually just start not starting not too long ago, Golden State, Los Angeles. So, which is another fabulous matchup. So, lots of NBA still to come, guys. We got a lot more to talk about past the show, but let's talk about it here right now. It's a sport I, I, I don't really cover any of their sport because I don't talk with any guys that like to talk about this sport. You know, the buffoons, like the Royals, we don't talk about the Royals. They were the worst team on Saturday <laughs> in the league, they're not anymore, they're second to worst. So, don't worry. We're still ahead of the A's, baby. We're still ahead of the A's. Uh, and, you know, Nick doesn't like talking about the Cubs because he just gets mad all the time. So he has to keep his blood pressure down. So, uh, you know, it's we got to talk with Jonathan here, man. Jonathan's our guy that we got to talk with. So let's bring him in. Jonathan Grishman. What's up, Jonathan? What's going on, dude? Hey, how's how's Jonathan in? How you doing, Jonathan? Kinsey's up, up 12 to 4 against the White Sox. So, so you got another win coming. Not the worst team in the league. Look, yeah, I was I was wearing my royal shirt on Saturday. You know the low cane uh, retirement. We had Yost in the house. We had Zobris. We had Gordon, and we blew it. And it was like, right of all the games you're gonna blow, like why does it got to be the game where you retire low cane? You you have all the you know the, the World Series guys in the house, and you decide to go out and just put a stinker on the worst team in the league. Like what the world is going on in this place? <laughs> oh man uh real fresh says sorry hey <laughs> dude you're fine dude don't dude, worry about it two flyers says yet they still want to have people pay for a new unneeded seat in town that is correct two full and unneeded because what's the point of putting a downtown stadium when you don't have a winning team if they're not if they're not going to go watch the royals that's 10 minutes away from downtown what makes you think they're going to go to downtown fight the parking fight the traffic to go watch a nine win team at this point because you, you I, I answer that real quick for you because the braves did that in the process and the rangers did that right now you you get you you increase your value as an organization and you're able to make some more money because of it's a new brand mm -hmm. new stadium your revenue is going to go up because of that and you can go spend more money to, uh, to make the team better you got to cut you got to it's it's a it's a crappy way to run business because again we see it all the time we're seeing the a's do it right now you cut 
you cut your spending to make more money. So then when you move into the new stadium, you have a ton of money to spend. So Royals, I'll say this for you, Royal fans, you kind of hope for it because the pocketbooks will open up a whole lot more. You know what I'm waiting on? The pocketbooks are my home's a second contract. Cause there's no way we're opening the pocketbooks until that happens. So my homes is a part owner, by the way, in case you guys don't know yep. uh, of the Royals. So, which is very cool that he's invested into this hometown team. He's also part owner with along with Brittany and the Casey current, the women's uh, soccer team as well. Who's just built a new stadium right next to Argosy where we stayed for the draft. Uh, let's see here. We got two fly here real quick. It's a cluster down there. It's like unloading a septic truck in a freshwater trough and open for the best. <laughs> Let's open this up. Oh. Rockies built Coors Field downtown Denver two years after using mile high. That didn't do shit for spending. <laughs> and wow. his final comment here was, uh, so the boost in funds makes it a better team. Is it feasible? Just because you saw the Rockies do it, we might see, hey, we got Mahomes on the team, right? He's part of the owners. He might it, start forcing the spending. It's a it, Colorado, you can't say because no pitching, no pitching is going to go to Colorado. You know, you're, that's why Rangers Rangers were never able to get pitching going to Texas, going to Arlington because of the heat and how the ball just launched out of there. Once they went the roof, once they got the roof in, oh hey, you got Jacob Degrom, which I get. Jacob Degrom is is a you know he's a broken pitcher basically that can give you 15 good starts, but. You know, when they built that roof and they kind of controlled the environment, it was a lot easier and a lot better to get players to come there. Colorado, they'll never get pitching in Colorado just because it's a launching pad. So Colorado's the outlier in that side of it that is just it just will never work to spend, like to get the players they need to be competitive in that division. But, I mean, you see it all the time. Braves, they moved into the new stadium. Boom, they spend more money. They're now a top five or a top seven payroll. Rangers built the new stadium. They're spending. They were spending a whole lot of money getting Chris, uh, Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, Jacob Degrom. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 there is a precedent set when the new stadium is built, yeah. money spent. The other one who you could say doesn't, it, you know, they didn't do it, Miami, and that's just because Miami, you know, it is. They're just cheap asses down in the South Beach. So two fly here says pitching. They have human doors that adjust the ball, proven through science that nullifies thin air. Have you ever met like a top quality pitcher that believes in freaking science? So I guarantee you all those guys are crazy that are really good at pitching and they're not going to listen to anything science. <laughs> Unless it's spin rate. And then they're, then they're, they're all, then they're, <laughs> then all, they're all bad scientists. Then they're all, or they're, or if you're a uh, Scherzer and you're a chemist, you know, with, with sweat and rosin too. So, I mean, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and the other thing is they went to Mexico city for two games where Rob Manfred wants to, wants to have a baseball team. And the first yeah. game was 16 to 11. It was San Francisco Giants were one of those teams. They can't score 11 runs in a game to save their lives. Yeah. But they did it in Mexico City. So, yeah, those guys oh, yeah. did okay. Real Holiday, Goose Gossage. Yeah, they did okay. Not everybody will, though. Uh, Jonathan, before we get going, because I know Scott's really eager to ask you a lot of MLB questions here. How was the weekend, dude? Man, weekend was good until the damn weather started acting up down here in Texas. We got rained out. Uh, uh, Two of my teams got rained out uh, on uh, Sunday. My baseball team was the uh, the number two seed after uh, you know going one and one and, and lost to the number one team in the tournament on a uh, on a walk off ground ball that uh, we just misplayed. Uh, but growth, I mean, my goodness, that team they battled and had opportunity. We won the first game nine to five. 
uh, and then had a came back and had a lead in the last inning, and we just just couldn't hold it. That's the next part we're trying to teach them is how to finish them and how to finish ball games when you have that opportunity. But they're on the cusp of that. They were the two seed of that tournament, uh, which when they got rained out, they were awarded the second place of the tournament. So. Uh, first, my very first in the baseball side of the program, my very first top two finish uh, in Alpha history. So I'm very happy and proud about That's that awesome. uh, for that group. Our girls, our 14U girls, uh, they went undefeated in bracket. They went one and one in pool. Was a you know kind of in the middle of the pack up there, and then they just turned it on and and went undefeated in bracket on Saturday. Got to the top four. Uh, got in the top four of the of the tournament. And lo and behold, it rains, and we don't get to play in that one as well. So disappointing because we had two—I had two of my teams on my fourteen baseball and softball that were hot, and they were ready to go and and, and try to win uh, win some games on Sunday. So very disappointed on that. Tenu, the Tenu had a great start. They were uh, they were top four in their tournament in pool play. Uh, they were in the so the and how's these some of these tournaments? They have like twenty four teams, twenty five teams. And they break up in three different brackets. They have diamond bracket, gold bracket, and in the bottom part of the uh, of the tournament, it's silver bracket. And they were two and zero, and they were in the diamond bracket, the toughest part of the of the tournament. Uh, this is the third time this group, and this is a my ten year younger girls are still kind of learning, and it's the third time in five and four. Uh, third time in four tournaments, they made it to bracket uh, to the diamond bracket of their. Not finishing it right now. They're, they've kind of been struggling at least to, to, to get to that point of, of beating those teams in there. But the, what makes me happy is they're they're getting there. I'd rather lose in diamond bracket than go win in gold or silver bracket. So mm-hmm. they're they're on that cusp of breaking that door down and being able to, uh, to win some games and, and go compete for championships at that level, too. Twelve uh, U team, they're they're still growing. That's our that's our development team. They're still learning. We're still trying to get them going a little bit more right now. They went one and one in their bracket in their tournament, uh, which was a good start for them. And then just kind of some things they're still trying to work through on uh, on our bra- uh, bracket games where we're trying to make sure that they can kind of keep competing. We want to make sure that they're they're focused on that side of it. They're they're a little bit shell shocked at times when they go and win a game and they're like, oh, we did that. <laughs> yes, expect expect that you can do it. So we're we're pushing them and they're learning and they're getting to the right direction. But overall, it was a great weekend. I just hated the fact that Texas weather did what they did to us and and had to rain us out uh, for Sunday. We couldn't finish out two of the tournaments uh, that that of the teams that played. So, but very happy and very proud of what the what they've done so far. Uh, what what this weekend was like. And I'm, I'm, I'm ready for I'm, – I'm hoping for two weeks we can get back on the field and do it again. We can get we can finish the job next time. Hey, lots of positivity in there. Lots of growing. Lots of, you know, make sure they're learning to finish, right? It's huge in oh, this yeah. game. Uh, you know, the, the weather forecast isn't starting to look the greatest for your Texas region. But hopefully it's maybe during the week and then you can take care of your business on the weekend. And take oh, absolutely. Care of, that's, that's what we need, right? We, the week, yeah. you know, you can deal – you can work around practice. You can do other things there. But that that weekend needs to be clear. It needs to be sunny. It needs to be nice, and it's time to go. So, oh yeah, uh, I did. Uh, I did try to throw my hat in your your uh, your coaching opportunity there, but uh, I got denied on the move to Texas. So. <laughs> yeah, we are trying to expand. We're trying to expand the baseball side and get a couple more teams for the fall season. That's the next. That's the next venture yeah. we're doing right now. That sounds right up my alley, but I I, I got I got denied on the Texas move. So uh, maybe next time, man. I'll try again. We'll get some. I'll, I'll expand out to I'll expand out to uh, to Missouri, Kansas area. I'll be more than happy to do that. Hey, 
You got my number, dude. Definitely. You know where I'm at. I, I'm I, I'm just waiting to get back into the game. I was ready to dust off my what I used to write practices on, dude. I was getting ready to get that out, and, and then I got denied. So, but you know, hey, you just give me the yell, dude. You give me the yell when you're ready. We'll we'll, we'll, think, we'll get something going. Hey, right, we definitely we'll talk about it. Absolutely. I like it. I like it. All right, Scott, what you got, man? So the early season dialing the Pittsburgh Pirates have come back down to earth here a little bit. Yes. Is it a yeah. matter of who they're playing or is it a matter of them just coming back down to where we all thought they could possibly be? Yeah, you repeat cut off a little bit, I think. Can you repeat that, Scott? The Pirates. Yeah. Were okay. They, are they a victim of who they played or are they a victim of who we thought they were and just came back down to earth? I think a combination of both. I think a combination of both of it. Uh, you know, it they're they're young still. We know there's young. We we knew that, you know, at some point there was a, there was a moment we know that it's going to come back and be like, "Hey, they're 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 scratching the surface of being uh, being that team, but it's a matter of, you know, the maturity and growing of being of being able to be a contender." That takes time. That you know, we saw that with Seattle last year when they they made the moves they did and they're like, "Hey, we're going to buy in and and go." And it took. There was a moment where they struggled a little bit during the second half of that season as well. So it, it's a. It, I think it's a combination of both. They played tough teams. I mean, you had a tough schedule. They they've shown they can beat tough teams too. You know, so I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, they played Tampa, I believe, this past. Uh, you know, you know, last week, and Tampa again. Tampa's good. Let's just. I mean, we're not yeah. sugarcoating that. They're they're the best team in baseball. So I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and 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 cast doubt because they couldn't they couldn't beat Tampa. Tampa's just that they are who they are. So it is a product of who they play, but at the same time is you know, I think they also played the Blue Jays too. Blue Jays another good team. You know, are they are they so the question more is are they ready to make that jump and be a contender? Yeah. It's still too early to say yes or no. That was an opportunity because that was an opportunity to do it. If you knock off if you win a series against Toronto, if you win a series against uh Tampa my goodness, we're we're putting we're we're putting the stamp on Pittsburgh right then and there, but I don't think we I don't think we we cast the doubt that they're not a contender just because they couldn't beat those two teams. Now, if they continue a slide over the next week, now it's like okay, yeah, this is kind of what we were expecting. It was just a matter of time they fall off the cliff, and we're starting to see it right now. Yeah. Okay, I got a question for you. Okay, there's a big move, and I disagree with it. Because I just think it's, I think they're trying, just trying to find a scapegoat right now. The St. Louis Cardinals decide to blame Wilson Contreras for their woes. Like, legit, that's what they're doing right now. They decided to take him out of the lineup. They're benching him, essentially, is what they are. A veteran guy. Yeah, sure, you haven't, like, quite clicked on this team at all. But he's not your reason why you're losing. What's your thoughts on this move here? What are we seeing next? Because we talked about this, uh, what do I want to say, early April? Like, right around the season started? We talked about this about I think two weeks in, uh, Jonathan, and I mean we were thinking about second week of May here, that there's there's going to be a manager change, possibly a third week. We might we may not get out of May. What's your thoughts here with this situation? Yeah, I I, I think this is we are starting to see cracks in the St. Louis Cardinals foundation that we've never seen in the last mm-hmm. twenty you know, 30, almost 30 years, I guess you can go that far back. I guess really the, the peak era of St. Louis Cardinals was over the last 20, 25 years. And we're seeing cracks in, in that foundation that has been the established, you know, pedigree of St. Louis Cardinals baseball. When have we ever seen dysfunction 
and Cardinals than we have seen in the last in the first month and a month and a week and a half, uh, first month and a week of a season like we have so far. That you paid so much money for uh, the replacement of a Hall of Fame catcher who is a top two catcher in baseball, and you can't figure out how to make this work. Is it fall? Does does that fall on Contreras? Yes, it does. Does it fall on the pitchers? Yes, it does. Does it fall on the coaches? Yes, it does. Somebody, there, there, there's going to be more. There's, I, I think, I think we're starting to see a little bit more of a, like bigger, even bigger changes as going on because this has just been outrageous to watch, and it's so uncharacteristic for Cardinals, uh, for Car- for the St. Louis Cardinals to even see how you have these these reports coming out, these leaks. When have you ever heard of leaks like this coming out of Cardinals, uh, out of the Cardinals organization? You know, in the last twenty years, I, I, this is just astonishing. What has what has transpired? And I feel like the last time, yeah, like the last time we ever remember anything like this, I feel like it was sometime right after Albert Pujols left the first time. I feel like I feel like there was some kind of I can't remember exactly what it was, but I remember like this Cardinals organization, like a year, at least a year of just nothing like it was just awful it's just a bunch of bad news going on and and then they kind of came back to life a little bit after that but i feel yeah, like the albert pujols situation was the last extent, time i remember any kind of drama yeah to an extent of that but because the the difference is you still had the leadership of molina you had the leadership of chris carpenter you had the leadership of adam wainwright and the the the, the, the coaching in front office were all on the same page we haven't seen this club be on the same page with anybody, players, coaches, manager, front office, like at all this year. That's what's just mind-boggling to see this. And they're, as you said, they're looking for a scapegoat. And now you're gonna—it's mm-hmm. the guy you paid. What was it, ninety million dollars? Yeah. Am I wrong? Some, or, yeah. some, you know, you're, you you paid top dollar. You paid top dollar for the for for Wilson Contreras to come on board, and you're throwing him under the bus. And now you have to now you have to you have to save face and be you know as the as the general manager in the front office they're like oh no 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 that report's not true we're not moving him to the outfield you better not move him to the outfield because you paid him to, to replace Yachty. that was what you paid you you brought him to replace Yachty Molina you didn't bring him in to replace Tommy Edmond or Harrison Bader in the outfield or uh, and I'm, I threw Edmond's name out there probably incorrectly but you didn't replace you know, not to you know if you're going to trade Tyler O'Neill you're not putting uh, Contreras out there to replace O'Neill. You brought him to replace the Hall of Fame catcher, the future Hall of Fame catcher. Something has to work. You have to make it happen. Otherwise, not just Marmel's going to lose his job. There's others that are going to lose their job because this is just absolutely horrendous on how things have transpired, and it's just spiraling out of control. You, you sent Dylan Carlson down and replaced him with Wilson Contreras. Unbelievable. It really is unbelievable, unbelievable. what's going yeah. on there. By, it, by it, the way, five-year, $87.5 million deal. Is what it was. Yeah. Five year, $87.5 million deal. And he, I mean, he even stated that, hey, we got off to the wrong start, you know, bad start. Like, sure, whatever. It happens. Like, when you transfer teams, sometimes it takes a little bit to build chemistry past spring training. But you can't, you can't go out here and blame a guy that's been a veteran presence out there that went, you know, did the World Series with the Cubs. Like, you can't, you can't do this. This is not the reason why the St. Louis team is horrendous right now. There's more to it than what we're seeing. Right. And, oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's just and, a, it's it's a matter of it's a matter of does does it does somebody lose their job to find out exactly what's going on? I think we're heading in that direction again. We talked about we talked about uh you know when I think it's the question was when it's not if it's when. Uh, mm-hmm. The more we get into May, I don't think it's going to happen this month. 
I think they're going to try to give somebody an opportunity to at least establish the, the, the reasoning, but by the mid, by summer, by June, maybe the, before the, maybe before the all-star break, uh, where you have some, you get some time uh, between the, the second half to where you can make that decision. I think we get to that point, but the more we get into May, I don't think it's going to happen now, but it's going to happen at some point though. Yeah. Another disappointing team, the Cleveland Guardians. They lost to the Tigers tonight, six to two. Their offense just is not clicking. What do you think is going on in Cleveland? It's kind of it's. I think we're kind of seeing just the flaws of the team. Like they were a good offensive team, but they were still like you, you had Ramirez, who was one of the better. That, that's the that's the puzzling about Cleveland is Ramirez has still not been. He's not been that great hitter this year that we saw him last year. I mean, again, he was one of, if not you know, top three, top five, you know, hitters in baseball. Right. He hasn't been close to that. And that's that's the problem for Cleveland as far as offensively. If your number one guy, your top guy is is not producing, you're going to struggle. Absolutely. And that's where, you know, is, as, as good as this offense is and can be, it all funnels through Jose Ramirez. Yeah. Uh, the pitching staff. I'm not necessarily worried about the pitching staff because the, they've been dealing with injuries. So, and if you're if you're within the Bobby Cox back in the in the 90s and early 2000s with the Braves, he says as long as you're within five games of the All Star break uh, for the division or a wild card, you're in it still. I think Cleveland's going to hang around with Minnesota and still be within that reach. That when you have when you, you're you know when you get everybody back on the pitching side, they're going to turn it back on everything. But the offensive side is what concerns me more. That they're just—they're not in sync. They're not—they're mm-hmm. not producing. And it's, again, it's the top guy. The top yeah. guy has to funnel everything going for the rest of the lineup to go. And Jose Ramirez has got to figure it out because if he doesn't figure it out, this offense is not good enough to let alone compete. You know, to say compete for the division, maybe. But again, if you got bigger aspirations, and Cleveland did—they wanted—they had bigger aspirations. You know, challenging the Yankees in the postseason. You're not beating the AL East teams that are competing for, uh, you know, for the wild card and, and the division title in the East, and you're not competing with the Astros, Rangers, uh, Mariners out West. You have to find a way to get that offense rolling better. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Tanner, and if you look at it too, Cleveland right now, their offense is horrendous. 29th in batting average, 28th in runs. Meanwhile, their pitching is the only thing that's like, keeping them around, with the ninth in the early runs average, eighth in whip. Like it's it's just amazing how, like we see teams a lot of times that are the complete flip flop, where they can score out out the butt, but their pitching and defense is horrendous. This is like a complete reverse, and all the all the Cleveland has to do, three runs, three or four runs, they usually they should get the victory, in this kind of in this kind of situation. Yeah. Uh, by the way, who who in the world would have picked Detroit here to be second place in this? AL West or AL Central uh, going into this point because I sure didn't see it. Yeah, I, I, that and I'm, you know what I like it. I, I you know because again no, the biggest fun. story about the biggest story about it is Miguel Cabrera. Yeah, you know you want you want you want Cabrera to get up. You know, give him one more opportunity to make a, to make a run. You yeah. know, and that's that's what I want to see. We you know give him the farewell, and that's what it is—the farewell tour of Cabrera, but. Can he? Can what? What can we? Can we get him in the spotlight in the playoffs one more time? Because well, God, how long has it been since the, you know since we saw Miguel Cabrera in the in the postseason? It's been a it's been a long time. Just, so I, I think it's exciting. It's intriguing. You know, is it for real? 
No, uh, um, no, it's not for real. Uh, you know, as bad as this division is, like it's still a two-horse race with Twins and in, in Cleveland when it's all said and done. But I, I, I like it. I, I mean, because again, we talked about it when we did the uh, when we did the preseason. You know, uh, talking about the, all the teams and everything. We never gave Detroit it. It was who's who's the worst, Detroit or Kansas City? You know, so yeah. this, I, I, you know, it's. You kind of look at it like, man, Detroit's really doing something right now. They're winning. They're playing. They're playing good baseball while nobody's showing up to the stadium to watch them play. They're playing good ball. So I, I like it. I think it's exciting to see, and it's exciting to to hope to hope to have Miguel Cabrera get at least one more postseason run, and and kind of see him on that stage again. Shout out local KC kid Joey Wentz who went rock hard today, and the pitching for uh, Detroit. So. Uh, you're tired 13 or 14, giving a pair of walks in the six. Hey, man, you know what? You got the win 6 2. Shout out Joey Wins, dude. I love seeing local kids doing big things in that, in that, in this area. So, uh, by the way, uh, in case you guys didn't know, we weren't the worst team in the in the league, right? Royals aren't the worst team, but we did have a pitcher barf on the field today. So, that's going to be a notation of, of how well the season's going. So, I don't know if it was the hitting, the defense, or maybe just his pitching. I don't know yet. I haven't seen that yet. I'm, I'm, I, that's, I just oh got word God. of it. My, Jason out here, JG, texted in. He goes, I, I, Rolls Pitcher just barked on the field. I go, oh, this is, this I mean, is great. It, it, was it a major league debut or is it someone who's been on there all season? I, I thought it was somebody that's been around. Now, we had our guy, I believe it was his second start, got beamed yesterday right in the right in the face. Uh, left, no, he's out on the 15 IL now uh, on that, but um, – I mean, they're winning 12-5, but I believe, and I'll tell you who it was here in a second. Uh, where are you at here? Of course, you're not going to tell me stats. Thanks, Yahoo. You're, you're wonderful because you're great at stuff. All right, I don't know who. Uh, I think it was Castillo. Yeah, it was either Garrett or Castillo. So it's been two guys that have been around for a bit. But, like, seriously, how back can this be? I mean, was that is that an owner's deal? Is he, like, calling in the, the bullpen or the, the you know, the manager say, hey, we 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 gotta get this new stadium. Have him barf on the field. This has to be it. Right? I mean, is going up. I, I, I'll be. I, I don't. I, I've reflected. I've always thought about if I would have had my major league. If I would have been able to get to the major leagues, how I really. I, I I don't. I, I honestly couldn't say. I wouldn't have been that nervous to the point where I made. I, I, you know, I would hope I, I if I if I felt I got to the point where I was going to throw up on the field, I'd run to the dugout as fast as I can. I don't care if it causes if it causes a pitch clock violation or whatnot. I'll pay the fine for my pitcher later on or whatnot. But my goodness, uh, like I said, I, I I I don't have a word for that. I really I really don't have words. I don't know, man. Like like you play in the you know, like the minors, so the minors are you know they can have fairly packed stadiums. Not that I don't think the Royals minor leagues had any. From when I heard last, at least up in Omaha. So I don't I'll know. You, I don't know what's going on, dude. I'll give you a phrase. It's the most Royals thing that could ever happen. No, no. Oh, no. I mean, you did something that the Oakland A's didn't do. No, the Oakland A's didn't. They <laughs> have possums running into their. <laughs> All right. Let's finish this out here. I want to talk about the Yankees here, their struggles, their worries. I know we talk about them every freaking week. It's like the Los Angeles Lakers. You just got to bring them up at some point here. Look, even even Boston's out here with an eight and two stretch right now in the last yeah. ten. Scott, like Scott, I know you're happy right now. So, but like you had a four and six last ten stretch. You're still on the positive differential, but your team stinks. They can't close out a game. Uh, Garrett Cole is about to go rip somebody's head off in the outfield. 
three times a game. Like what, what are we doing there in the Yankees? Like what, what is going on? Are we, are we seeing the biggest downfall from a year in year out now? Is that, is that for me or for Scott? No, it's for you. Either. I don't care. Okay. Well, this is what I'll tell you before Johnson goes. The injuries are really playing havoc with them right now. They they have no lineup at all. Their pitching staff is Garrett Cole. Nesta Cortez pitched a good game tonight, but he, mm-hmm. the last three or four starts, he's not been Nesta Cortez. So they're really, the injuries are really causing havoc with that team. So, yeah. Um, we, we say that all the time that this is, it's a flawed team. Like, it, yeah, it is, it's not, it is. it's not a shock to us, like what they're, what they are right now. Like, they're, 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 they're not a contender. I mean, we know Cole is a great pitcher. We know he is, mm-hmm. a, you know, the, the top five type of pitcher. But even what, what's going to make worse, what's going to make it worse for the Yankees is we know he gets a stretch during the season, especially during the summer when it gets hot. He is absolutely one of the worst pitchers at, at, a, at a point. He'll make three or four horrible starts, and you're sitting there going, and, and he's going to get booed in Yankee Stadium because of that. We know we've seen it year after year that he's been there. That that if that when and if if and when that happens, what answer do you have if you're the Yankees? You're hoping Cortez has a has a game like this tonight again, which again, yeah, he you know pitched well, but. Who, who who is the number two of the staff? I mean, Rodon's out. Like they don't know when Rodon's coming back because they said the back injury is really not is really been bad. So he was paid. He's paid to be the number two. You know, is Cortez the number two? Is, you know, who do you have that can make this this rotation? You know, decent because that that's what you need. You to to even get yourself in the conversation in this division with the East, you have to have a good pitching staff. Especially with a team that they can score. I mean, I know they're they're still beating up on the lineup too, and they have a lot of holes in the lineup, but they can still score runs. They put seven runs up on the board, you know. So you know, you know they have that opportunity to do it, but you can't score seven every night, and you have to, and you can't expect your your you can't expect your pitching staff to keep you in, you know to give up seven eight runs and still win those games too. So that's there, there's a lot of issues beyond the injuries. I, I don't I. I know a lot of Yankee fans who have been saying, well, once we get healthy, we'll see what this team looks like. I, I don't see it. Sure. Sure. We, we are seeing the Blue Jays. We're seeing the Blue Jays kind of, you know, fulfill the hype that we've heard for two years, we, you know, from them that this is, that's a good team. They're, they're kind of figuring it out a, a little bit more as we go. Tampa is just the hot team that the, you know, and the, you know, when we just talked about, they're the, the best team in baseball. You know, they handled the Orioles again, you know, tonight. You know, a team that's kind of that's pushing themselves in a contendership uh, as well. Yeah, where where do the Yankees fit to make to make that run with the with the players they have and with the holes they have on top of the injuries they have? I I, I don't know, and that's going to be where I said to you guys before on the show where at what point does at what point does the conversation of Boone and Cashman start having their job on the hot seat? This yeah. might be the year if they're gonna if they're gonna miss the playoffs, they're gonna miss the postseason. Penny, if they're you know if they're a three team in the division, they miss it because other teams got better. I think they're fine, but if they're last place in this division, my goodness, the Bronx is gonna they're they're gonna riot in the Bronx and they're gonna want heads on, on a platter. And that's Aaron Boone and that's Brian Cashman. And the, and the thing everybody says is beginning of the year, it's well, it's the Yankees. They'll figure it out. Well, eventually. You're not going to be able to figure it out. And this, this, as you said, this may be the year that they 
just can't figure it out. And I think at the same time, it's like, do you, I mean, they were, I, I honestly kind of feel they were banking on Aaron, on Aaron Judge having another 60 home run season. Yeah, they, they were. Like, they were banking on him being able to do that again, re- repeating history on that. It hasn't happened. We've never, I mean, we've, we've seen Sosa, Sosa came close to, you know, he's done, he had the 66 home runs in the, in the chase with McGuire, and then he came back and was like, uh, I think he didn't hit 60 again, I don't think. I think he was upper, I think, it was, I think it was 58 or 59, yeah. which that's yeah. a rare occurrence that you see. Yeah. In today's game, I don't think that's I don't think that's possible. I think what we saw from Judge was just the outlier of his career. He's a forty home run guy, who just had the, the a historical season in twenty twenty two. You can't repeat. You can't have historical seasons on repeat. That's just not that's just not fathomable to think. But people in Bronx, people you know, Yankee fans, they're like, yeah, he's the best hitter. He's going to put up you know 50, 60 home runs again. He'll hit seventy home runs. There ain't no way that was going to happen. The way that they that these teams pitched now, and they're not going to give them that chance to really beat them. But they, especially as the line as as bad as that lineup is, with standing on the on the IL, you have you know uh, you, Rizzo's not is the same player we've seen in his history. Uh, Donaldson's on the IL, and he's not the same player we've seen. Lemayu's got some injury histories. He's not the same player we've seen over hey, the last few years. Soccer. Like, <laughs> there's no, there's no way you're gonna let Judge beat you. See no. if Cabrera can beat you. See if Volpe can beat you. See if these guys, you know, can can do it, and they can't do it. And that's what's gonna set. The, that's gonna hurt them until they figure out how. You know, they're they're trying to do this youth movement. Great, awesome. It's not working though. And maybe that's kind of why they 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 avoided the youth movement for so many years because they just know that they're not their their farm system's never been really that great. They never had the top prospects in baseball. They've had good prospects. They trade them for top players that are major that are in the MLB, and they go from there. That's correct. That's correct. It's, it's we saw it last year, right? They had other players happening. Like they had other things going on in that offense of causing pitchers to have to pitch more. There was more selection being available. There was more guys on base when it happened. And now you're going into this year thinking it's going to be the same thing. You're, hey, you won't, we're going to have some, you know, we'll still have guys on base. We'll still get these pitchers tired. These pitchers are fresh when they get to Aaron Judge. And Aaron Judge hasn't seen enough pitches coming from these guys because of the, the previous batters. So I, I think you're seeing in the, in the same situation here. It's like Aaron Judge, they banked on it. And I mean, when I banked, they banked on it. They're like, hey, we're, we're, we're going back to the playoffs here and we're going to change it around kind of bank. The, the, the issue they had is they didn't have a plan B. That's why they matched. That's yeah. why they basically did what they did to match the Giants' offer. Because again, that was the talk was the Giants were going to offer, you know, the, the big deal that he was going to get, and, they, and the Yankees matched it or they kind of beat it, you know, to to because they didn't have a plan B on how to how to replace Judge. You know, there was you know, and there was not. A, and I'll say I, I I'll get it that there wasn't options in the outfield that says you can you can put pieces together. But could you have could you have gotten two more players to at least substitute what you the production wise for them, maybe, but you're invested heavy on Stanton. You invested heavy on, uh, on Cole. You've invested heavy with Rizzo, even though Rizzo's not the same kind of deal, but he's, they, they, they gave him a, a good contract for the player that he is. He's not that great of a player anymore, but they, they, he's being paid as if he is. Uh, so, I mean, they, they've kind of made some questionable, uh, they made some questionable uh, picks or uh, p- questionable decisions to to uh, to fill out this roster with the holes they've had, and that's the I, I I don't see how you fix it anytime soon right now. No, I don't either. And it's a 
unfortunate thing here too. And like, uh, all right. So a guy, for instance, you, right, Jonathan, you've had a back injury before mm -hmm. uh, and you're kind of still dealing with it, recovering from it still. Like how, how is how hard is it to, to go from a season like judge had right last year where, you know, you had the team on your back, but you were also performing in such a different way, hit 60 home runs. And that takes a toll, right? That takes a toll on your body. Uh, especially being that big as he is, because he's a freaking big guy. It's, you know, it's, it's a little harder to move those muscles, and it, it affects you a little bit more. What do you think his body's like right now? Because obviously he's out from the IL for a 10-day uh, yet, and we still haven't seen him come back here. I still haven't heard any announcements of him coming back. Like, what's his, what's the toll on the body like for a player in this kind of, I guess, spectate right now? Well, if we remember too, he 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 and Stanton have both had oblique injuries for yes. you know, at times in their career. Which I mean, that's it's it's not necessarily the back, but it's a connector to the back and core that you have, and you're trying to strengthen and be able to rotate. And as big as a body, again, we've never seen a guy as big as as Judge. I mean, again, Stanton's a big guy himself. Yes. I mean, there's never been a position player that we've seen as an outfitter that's six eight two fifty two or two forty two fifty that that plays like Judge has. And the body, you know, the body's going to break down. Now, fortunately, he stayed healthy enough last year to do what he did and, and, and carry, as you said, carry the Yankees to the postseason and make a run that they did. The, but it takes that toll. And again, they're putting him in center field, which is, you know, a, a, again, that, which is un, my, it's unthinkable that a 6'8", 240 is playing center field. Yeah, that's, a, that's a power, that's a small forward power forward in the NBA. That you're seeing out there, that's that's running around and and is a in a a, in a, a speed position player, you know. I mean, it, it's essentially LeBron James. It's, it, he's he is baseball's version of LeBron James as far as the size that he is playing a position that can that it's versatile of a position that he can play. He can play all three outfield spots. They put him at first base at one point in spring training. So I mean, like we're we're seeing something about Judge that we never have seen from a guy that size playing a speed position in center field. That in itself, you're talking about the toll on your body. That is a toll on your body, and especially if you're a normal sized guy. You know that's why the Braves don't put Ronald Acuna in center field really anymore because they 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 know how bad it looks, that's going to be on his body. We saw the center fielders back in the day who you know they're just their legs get torn up because of it. You're talking about Aaron Judge with a back problem, who's got back problems in the past, who's had oblique injuries too on top of it, as big as as he is. <sighs> There, there's. I would be concerned if I'm a New York Yankee front office after committing to as many years as you did to get because you had no choice. You didn't have a choice to do it because if you don't, if you let, if they let Judge walk to San Francisco, they're they're burying their career. The Yankee front office had to do it because again, they one they didn't have a backup plan, but two, you couldn't let him walk. They just named him captain for the reason of what he is. But the the body again. I'm not six eight, you know, two forty. I'm six two two and, and I'm two fifteen now. But my playing days as a first baseman, third baseman, I was, you know, and even when I was an outfielder, I was two oh five, two ten, you know. So and my body couldn't handle a lot of the, the abuse that I put through. That I put it through. You're talking about a guy that big, that size, playing a speed position, and and with the power that he can generate. Yes, that body is is going to take a beating now in the first year of a contract. Imagine six years, seven years down the road of that contract, what his body's going to be as well. Like it's that's true. It's going to be kind of a, a panic mode if you're thinking like you've invested, you know, ten plus years, eleven plus, you know, twelve, uh, twelve years, you know, thirteen years. I think it was thirteen years contract he signed uh, to stay with the Yankees with the injury history he already had. 
that that's a problem. And I, I would be concerned if I'm the front office of the Yankees, knowing that you committed that many years to a guy who is going to break down because he's that's just the history he's already had. You see Stan, he's kind of that way right now. Stan can't stay healthy, and he's a big guy too. He doesn't play the he doesn't play the outfield position anymore because he can't do it. Stanton's never stayed healthy either. Like he had two sure. good years, and then he's never stayed healthy since since he signed that big monster steal. But he was and, a, he was he had the injury history in Miami as well. Like he was he was yeah. Still, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, he they signed the years. deal, and it was injury time from there on. He had great years in Miami, but he was still injured. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and another guy you could put in that category, Byron Buxton. Look what he's doing now. He's DHing most of the time now, so because yeah. he gets hurt, so. Uh, it's it's just amazing to me, like just with the the way things are with Judge. Like it's it's a guy, you know, there's capability. Like you said, LeBron James, right? He's he has kind of like a LeBron James talent, but it's it's the unfortunate of this kind of sport where it does take a toll on your body. It takes a toll on your back. You have to you know you have to be flexible as heck in those hips, the back without having the tightness there. And you know about it, Jonathan. You played in the you know in the in the single A there, and you know all about it. Like. This, these seasons are long. These seasons go on. Sometimes it seems like forever for some people. And and it's just the constant worries of being a guy that size, things are going to go wrong. The, the thing for me, and my injury on my back, it's I, – I had – I mean, we've all watched sports. I had the same I had the same injury that Tony Romo has surgery on, that Tiger Woods has you know, multiple surgeries on, and, you know, ruptured disc in my back. It wasn't muscular that I had, so – but you know that's what we've seen with Judge has been muscular, and that's why you know it's it's a little, a little it, was, it was hard for me to do the things that I did for so many years playing through my injury. Uh, you know, a big guy like Judge who has you know as much muscle mass as he does with the muscle injuries he's had, I mean that's that that's tough. That's very hard to do when he did, and, and and being able to stay healthy enough to be able to continue to have success. That was the biggest question mark before last year. Can he stay healthy enough to have success? And can he sustain the success when he is healthy? He answered those questions for one season. Well, here we are again now. Here we are. We're kind of revisiting those questions. Can he stay healthy? Can he produce when he does stay healthy? Well, right now, the injury questions are kind of popping back up. And the production is not the same. Again, unfair to say that the production does not match what he did in 2022. He'll never match that again. But as a question is how can can he be the forty home run hitter that drives in 100, 110 RBIs, you know, in bat you know you know bat two eighty to three hundred like he did you know batting over three hundred last year almost won a triple crown. Yeah, I think the realistic can he bat? Let's just say two eighty five. Let's run it up to two eighty five to three hundred. Can he be in that range with forty home runs and one hundred and ten RBIs? That's more realistic. I think they need to shoot for for him to 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 be as successful as he can within the contract he is. If he can produce that, I, I don't see anybody having a problem. But when you have the unre- unrealistic ish, uh, unrealistic expectations of sixty home runs, three four three thirty batting average with one hundred and thirty RBIs, and I might be you know going a little bit overboard on that. That's not realistic to sit there and say, especially a guy who has the injury history, muscular injury history that he's had throughout his career. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Things to see, things to come. We'll see when he gets announced back off the IL. And I'm interested to see how effective he looks, too. I mean, he's already banged up this early in the season. It's going to be interesting to see how long he lasts here going into June and July. So things to come. Jonathan, what you got coming up this weekend, dude? 
not as much, not not as busy this week, uh, this weekend as I was this past weekend. I mean, I drove all over DFW, even with the rain as much did. So uh, I, I'm 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 still mentally exhausted. It was supposed to be kind of a slow day for me today with all the practices, and I still had to do a little bit more than what I really wanted to do. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping a little bit lighter weekend for me, which we only have one team playing this weekend. So yeah, and I'm not going to be coaching that group. I'm going to be sitting there watching and evaluating. So. It'll be a little bit lighter. I might get some more rest uh, than what I have done uh, you know, this past weekend. Didn't get any rest this past weekend. I'll say that because uh, especially once it rains, I have to be up at I have to be up at four in the morning to make sure I get the updates to share to uh, my my parents and the organizations and make sure that you know that they're not getting up and leaving and then like oh hey the tournament's canceled. So I was uh, up at yeah. four, I was up at four in the morning and then you know went to go watch my tenure team play down you know uh, forty five minutes south of where I'm at. Uh, and go watch them play, and because they played on turf, so the rain didn't affect them uh, still. But uh, being up at four o'clock and waiting for updates—that's that was not fun. So rest is what I need a little bit more of. But uh, it, it, you know, it is what it is. It comes with the job. But one team playing this weekend in a tournament, uh, and then my 16 and 18 new teams—they're still ramping up, practicing right now. They're or uh, hoping to do a scrimmage this weekend. Uh, Mother's Day is kind of throwing us a little bit of a loop with schedules to do that, but. Uh, we're trying to get them ready for their their season starting up at the end. Uh, 16 U starts at the end of May. 18 U starts at the beginning of June, uh, and then that's you talking about being busy. When June rolls around, I'll be traveling. I'll be traveling three three straight weeks uh, out out of the state of Louisiana, out of, out of the state of Texas, going to Oklahoma and Louisiana a couple of times here and there. So uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to make sure I can get a little bit of rest before that happens, but. Uh, so one team in action this weekend, watching them and, and kind of seeing things going and, and, and getting things progressing. And that's my, my focus is still using that word and, and our development is progressing forward and growing what we will need to grow. That's awesome, dude. Hey, tons of, it's, it's all fun, right? It's all fun in the end. It's all It's going to be a blast. It so, is. It, it, it's, it's fun, it's tiring, but it's going to be a blast. <laughs> it, it, I'd say, look, it is fun. Uh, especially when I see the kids get the success that they've worked for. And, you know, I, I can look at to the parents and say, this is why this is what we're doing. You, you know, buy in. That's the hard. I say that's the hardest part of what I do is is it not not convincing. I don't want to use that word, but it's selling, mm-hmm. selling the the the, the plan that, that we uh, a lot of these organizations in youth sports don't have plans. They just go do and they never explain and understand to parents like what the plan is for the now, the present and the future. I, I am. I have a plan in place for now, for six months, for one year, for two years, for three years down the road and so on. And trying to get them to understand the bigger picture of what we're trying to do and accomplish, not just now. Yes, the now is necessary, but the future is more important because if we can provide them the success in the future, that's when we start getting to the direction we want where we're becoming, like I keep telling everybody, be a college prep program, sending girls to college every year. And it's just funneling these athletes to colleges and, and it's just next year is the same. And the next year is the same. It's the next year is the same. That's the future that I'm wanting to be able to provide these kids is that opportunity, the parents to understand that the plan is there, buy into it, and then they can see it and go from there. And that's the fun part. That is the fun part. It's the stressful part. It's the it's the me go, you know, me pulling my hair out part, me going gray part. But <laughs> Uh, but it's, it's, it's what I signed up to do this for. And that's why that's, that's my why for it. And you know, it's, we're getting there. We're getting there for it. Like I said, W's are fun, but growing is it better? Growing yeah, is absolutely. better. W's absolutely. are fun, 
growing is better. Absolutely. Oh, yes. So, awesome. Jonathan, oh, by the way, real quick, Alan did comment in. I did not click on anything yet. He says, when it finally clicks, your team is garbage. The throw-up, we were talking about the Royals there. Appreciate you. Uh, he is announcing that there is going to be a guest on the baseball show tomorrow. Kind of curious to see on that one. Uh-oh. I know. Should we be worried? I, uh, should we be worried, Alan? That's what I want to know. That's interesting. That's a, that's a, Just that there's going to be a guest. That's, yeah, the the guest. That's an intriguing tease. I'm 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 intrigued by that. Uh, excited excited for three o'clock tomorrow. Then yeah, right? absolutely. Uh, Rodon can miss this entire year. That's very true, Alan. And Logan Gilbert has a perfect game going through five against Texas right now. You know, and uh, Alan's watching that intently. He is. They're in the mid six right now, and there's still a perfect game going going to the bottom of the six here. Can't say that word though. You can't say those two words. That's yeah, what he no, did. Alan, come what on. He did. Oh. Just jinxed no. it. I didn't have to jinx oh. it because he jinxed it already. So, my goodness. Uh, Alan, one day will learn. Not probably not. Probably not. <laughs> I learned. The, the the superstitious ball player in me is just is cringing because those two words don't, were. Don't oh. ever say anything like that. Just let it be. Just let it go. You got to learn, Alan, to never say anything in the comments about a, a perfect game. About a no hitter, we don't say those words. Guess what? You just let it go. You just let it go. Unless you're rooting against the team that's doing it, then you, you, you leave it alone. You 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 let it settle. You let it. You leave it alone. You 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 push it. You just kind of distance yourself as much as possible and enjoy the ride when it occurs. Ah, yep. I, I'm right there with you. I, I just I had one guy tell me one one time it was like the fourth inning. He goes, dude, you had no hitter. I go, I hate you right now. And sure enough, that first at bat, boom, single to right. You. I, I'll say this real quick. I had uh, one of my uh, going as far as on the softball side. I had one of my girls uh, last year. She was uh, she was in the midst of a, of a no hitter, and she comes up to me. She comes up to me and she kind of realizes it. And she goes, "Hey, I've, I've got a no hitter going, don't I?" I'm like, "Shh, shh, shh." <laughs> she goes, "She's freaked out by me." She, I literally did shush her on the field. Like, she, I was like, shh. "She goes, what? freaked her out for a second." Like what? I'm like, "Don't, shh. Just, shh. <laughs> like I couldn't. I didn't even say. I didn't say a word." I just kept like, shush, 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 just, I pointed to the dugout, just then. I'm just like, just. <laughs> and she was so freaked out by it too. She didn't understand what I was doing to the point mm. after, and she ended up actually did. She did throw the no hitter, but she came up to me and goes, "Why were you shushing me?" I was like, "You never speak about a no hitter when you're the pitcher throwing it. Oh, never do it and again at the base again." It's a baseball thing. Girls on the softball side, they don't see it that way. They don't. They don't. They 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 they, they, they will all talk about it. I'm just like, oh, oh my god. <laughs> you're, you're just dreading it. You're like in a corner, cuddled up. Like, why? <laughs> yes, yes. I had to. I forgot to explain though. Like, you never. It's it's super. Well, we're not superstitious. I am, and I'm telling you, just shut up. Stop it. Stop talking. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, Alan said he is trying to jinx it. That's fair. So it is Seattle one nothing. Seattle does have a shout shout out uh, going against Texas. So that is why Allen is trying to But it. it doesn't work that way though. If you're wanting to, if you're wanting it, then it it doesn't work that way. It, you know, it, it has it, it works. It if if you're in favor of it, you can't say it. If you're against it, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. No. no. So um, I mean, he he might be he might be encouraging the no hitter now by trying to speak it out so much. Hey, guess what? We get three more innings until we message Allen. So <laughs> uh, he did say the guest tomorrow is Mitch Kofsky. 
of hardcore sports over there. Uh, great guy, oh, Philadelphia okay. guy. Yep. Uh, great Phillies fan as well. So this will be actually be a really good show tomorrow on the baseball show at 3 p.m. Central. Yes. Yeah. 4 p.m. Yeah. Eastern. 4 p.m. Eastern. So, right here in Let's Talk Sports, guys. Uh, Jonathan and Scott will be on along with uh, Dan Kirbia. No, Dan, Dan's in the witness protection program. In he's Norway, still in the right? witness protection program. He's he, been in well, like three weeks. Well, he's avoiding me after the uh, after the Braves beat, after the Braves beating the Mets, and then, then the Mets getting swept by Detroit. You know, he's 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 hiding right now. Did they lose a, a Seattle series just now too? I'm pretty sure. I I don't know on that one. I, I don't know. I don't think I, they played I, Seattle yet. I just know. Uh, I, I know they lost. Our, they lost a series to us, and then they got swept by Detroit after that yeah. as well. So it was not. And yeah. then Verlander getting Verlander getting rocked in his in his season debut and his Mets debut by Detroit didn't help it. Uh, didn't help even more for the Mets fans as well. So <laughs> I think they're all hiding under rocks uh, or, or hiding in the subway right now in Queens. <laughs> uh, yeah, I th- I think they're uh, in shelter right now after that one, especially. Uh, by the way, it was. This would load real quick. I just want to know. They just got done with a series where they just lost uh, over there. So, May, it was the uh, Colorado Rockies. They just lost the series, too. Two to, two to <sighs> one. So, so Colorado won two to one against the, the Mets. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm smiling. Wow. All right. I'm, I'm smiling big. My Braves are winning and the Mets are losing. It's a beautiful part of the season right now. Jonathan, something to watch for now. They got Cincy for three games, Washington for four games, Tampa for three games, Cleveland for three games before their next day off after today. So they got uh, an interesting potential kind of craziness going into this this thing here. Uh, Dallas says, Jonathan, a champagne at ready with the Braves having the only winning record in the NL East. That no, is he's, great. He's, He's not going to pop the champagne. He's not going to do anything with the champagne. The champagne's stashed far away huh? until that final week when they clinch. If, if I know Jonathan well enough, he's, he'll say it's only 40-something games into the season. There's still plenty of time left for things to yeah. go. I'm, I'm, smiling, I'm smiling happy, but I know, again, we, we saw the Braves, you know, last two years struggle out the gate and find a way to win. We're a little bit different right now doing it this way. We're, we're kind of Braves fans are a little bit in shock right now. We don't really understand what's happening. We're so used to we're so used to being 10 games under 500 by the all-star break. And they're like, oh, wait a minute. We got to play good ball now. Okay, cool. We'll do it. You know, we're, we're, we're this is the best. I think I saw that this is the best start the Braves has since 2000. Yeah. You know, so this is a little bit brand new for us Braves fans that we don't really understand what's happening right now, but we're not complaining, no. but we're not, we're not, we're not celebrating a world championship right now we're gonna wait till october and uh when when that final out in the nlcs does happen i'll buy i'll pop my my 10 bottles of champagne and and have some fun like i did two years ago that's right that's right yeah i'll wait for it all right everybody jonathan gershman appreciate you hopping on love talking to you every monday we'll uh we'll catch you next monday dude sounds good guys see you dude see y'all yep and alan ruined it (laughs) base (laughs) it thank god (laughs) there goes the no hitter Alan got his wish. Oh man, I tell you what, things happen. Alan, 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 Alan. My man, I appreciate you joining me. Join anytime in for Mr. Botkins out here. It was a blast. It was wonderful to have you on. Great talking. Big shoes to fill. Great talking MLB, <laughs> talking and NBA with you. Uh, you know the the few things we don't talk about right now is the NFL because there's it's kind of the dead point in the season, really. Like we're not yeah. we're not 
late enough to talk about fantasy football or the start of the season. And it's, it's just not like we're past the draft. So there's other great stuff going on in this sports world. Absolutely. NBA and NHL playoffs are coming to a climax here and they're getting really good. So that's right. Hey, Scott, where, what do you got going on this week? Where can we find you? Got the baseball show tomorrow with uh, Jonathan, Mitch, and uh, Alan. We got a Wednesday morning newsletter with Alan and myself. And then Thursday, the Scott Cove show with, I think, Chuck Foreman's my guest Thursday night. So that'll be Ooh, really interesting. Nice. Um, and then Friday, got an off day. And then in the hoop Saturday with, with you and hopefully the returning Mr. JG. So, Mr. JG, sounds like he'll be back this time. So, okay. okay. Not too concerned about him being back here. Uh, guys, you can find me. Wednesday night, uh, actually, it's, I think I'm going to be Wednesday, I guess, early afternoon, early evening, I guess it was, late afternoon, uh, on the Ash show over there on Let's Talk Sports. I'll be on with Ash, so that'll, that'll be a fun time there. Catch yep. me uh, Wednesday night with the Buffoons. We will be starting at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on Let's Talk Sports in the Sports Buffoon channel. Uh, and then uh, in the hoop on Saturday or Sunday to still be to, to be determined there uh, with JG yep. Scott myself uh, and uh, I think you should expect probably a show from me some point this week as well uh, on my whiskey sports podcast still up in the air what I want to do I took a little last week I kind of took a break uh, this week I will put out something I don't know what yet we're gonna put out something though it's gonna be blast so everybody make sure you hit like subscribe follow as Bakins would say be a friend tell a friend, tell a friend. we yep. will catch you next Monday night, guys. Everybody have a fabulous week. Catch you guys later.